Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and co-parents of all ages, this podcast is for you. Introducing in the center ring, the amicable divorce expert, Judith Weigel. Welcome back, everyone, to the 243rd episode of the Amicable Divorce Expert podcast. Lest you think we would run out of topics, there is are a plethora of topics in the divorce arena. This is one of my favorite all-time topics, and that is the secret power of forgiveness. Forgiveness is such a huge issue in divorce, especially if one or both spouses are not completely honest with themselves about why the divorce is taking place. If grieving hasn't taken place first before the filing, I talk a lot about you need to go through the emotional divorce before filing for the legal divorce and the emotional divorce is grieving. Within the emotional divorce, we have the seven stages of divorce grief and those are shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, and the very last one is forgiveness. It is the most important one in order to release anger, bring serenity, and become whole again. There's a quote from a gentleman who's a therapist named Dan Major, and his quote is, through the act of forgiveness, we cleanse ourselves of the pain and anger that kept us stuck in the past, end quote. And it's an article I read in Psychology Today. And in preparing for this episode, yes, I have my own ideas and processes and suggestions for forgiveness, but I wanted to do some research. And so I did a lot. I went on Psychology Today, which is a publication. I went on the Mayo Clinic website. Uh, Harvard has some articles about it. There's a lot out there on forgiveness. And I call it the secret power of forgiveness because you don't know unless you've really gone through the act of forgiveness. You really don't know how it changes your life for the better. It's incredible how your life will completely turn around. So, An important point, forgiveness is for the one forgiving. People mistaken forgiveness as a get-out-of-jail-free card that releases the other person from the responsibility of their actions, and that's just not it at all. Forgiveness releases the forgiver from the shackles of intense hatred, toxic feelings, and unending bad feelings about the perpetrator who caused you to have those feelings. These feelings can last for years after the divorce is final, maybe to your death and to your detriment. Your life will never be lived well if you hang on to toxic feelings. You're not done grieving until you've forgiven your ex-spouse. So I want to just take a second and go over to this Harvard article on forgiveness uh, that I want to share with you. Not the whole article. I'm going to take out some excerpts. So here's one. 
And uh, this quote, forgiving a person who has wronged you is never easy, but dwelling on those events and reliving them over and over can fill your mind with negative thoughts and suppressed anger, end quote. And this is from Dr. Tyler Vanderweel, co-director of the Initiative on Health, Religion, and Spirituality at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. Next quote. Yet when you learn to forgive, you are no longer trapped, trapped by the actions of others and can finally feel free. Learning to let go. There are two sides to forgiveness. I mean, this is more than I even thought about. There are two sides to forgiveness, decisional and emotional. See, I only looked at decisional. It goes on. Decisional forgiveness involves a conscious choice to replace ill will with goodwill. Quote, you will no longer wish bad things to happen to that individual. This is quite often quicker and easier to accomplish. Okay, so that's the decision. But this is where everybody kind of sits on forgiveness. And that is, I'm taking the high road. Okay, there's no high road. There's just your path forward to live your life and learn through everything that has happened to you. And ending a marriage is something that's happened to you. It changes your life. You can make it change for the better. That's your decision. And you have to deal with it. But the emotional side of forgiveness is something I have not explored as much as the decisional side. So the article goes on. For emotional forgiveness, you move away from those negative feelings and no longer dwell on the wrongdoing. Quote, emotional forgiveness is much harder and takes longer as it's common for those feelings to return on a regular basis. This often happens when you think about the offender or something triggers the memory or you still suffer from the adverse consequences of the action. Yes, so I was interviewing my sister on this podcast two years ago, and she had a really rough divorce. Bear in mind, we all knew she should have never married him. This is not to say disparaging things about her ex-husband. Not at all, not at all, not at all. We just didn't think that he was appropriate for her. And we saw some interpersonal things he was exhibiting that we thought he might need to take care of first. You know, it was like that. But yet, I mean, who listens to your family, right? You do what you need to do because you're you're walking your walk, you're living your journey, and you just have to find things out on your own. So never blame, never blame, never blame. And there's always good things about people too. But the point is with her divorce, which was like 25, 30 years ago. I had her on the podcast because she did something completely cool in her divorce. She went to classes. She was organized. She did have to hire an attorney. There were layers of other issues in her divorce. It was a little complicated and there was adult child support involved. She was still angry. 
in the middle of this interview where I'm, you're supposed to learn how to be amicable, she's all, all of a sudden spewing toxicity about her ex-husband. And so I had to double back and say, well, thank you for those comments. As you can see, listeners, if you haven't gotten rid of those toxic feelings, if you haven't forgiven, you are always going to reel emotionally. When the name is brought up, anything is brought up to trigger those old feelings. And she was quite surprised. She didn't even recognize what she had said. Because at the end of the interview, I said, you realize what, what happened? You're still angry at him. She said, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You know, so we can talk openly. You know, it's it's no problem. But that's so fascinating to me. Okay, let me go on and read this. Practice small acts of forgiveness to get yourself in the forgiveness frame of mind. One way to get more comfortable with forgiveness is to practice small acts in everyday life. Okay, this is my best, this is the best one. For example, I have to practice this. If someone is rude or cuts you off in traffic, use that moment to recognize the wrong, realize it wasn't directed at you personally, and forgive him or her on the spot. This way, you also can learn to immediately stop the negative reaction and the feelings that come with it. See, isn't that interesting? And I've done that before. I mean, I live in Los Angeles, for heaven's sakes. I, I want to, I want to have an arm extended from my car to reach out and pick vehicles up and place them on the sidewalk so I can drive quickly down the street. That's how perverse my mind can work. But, when I'm really in the art of forgiveness, when I get in my car with the intention of not getting mad, I don't get mad. Very easily, I don't get mad. Okay, I think that's it. Okay, that's it on the Harvard article. I go on. Oh, we have the Mayo Clinic. Okay, this one is killer. I love the Mayo Clinic. So the Mayo Clinic starts talking about health. Forgiveness means different things to different people. By embracing forgiveness, you also embrace peace and hope. I love that. You also embrace peace and hope. So when you extend forgiveness, even in your own mind to somebody, now you're in a more peaceful mode. And the hope that you can possibly deal with this person if this person is not leaving your life for a, for a while, co-parent, a family member, you need peace and hope. But in general, it involves an intentional decision. Here we go again. It involves an intentional decision to let go of resentment and anger. The act that hurt or offended you might always be with you. But working on forgiveness can lessen that act's grip on you. It can help free you from the control of the person who harmed you. Think about this. The control you've allowed in your life from the person who's harmed you. That means if you haven't, if you haven't extended forgiveness and if you're still reeling from the hurt, that action, that person still controls you. Do you want that? No, you don't. Sometimes forgiveness might even lead to feelings of understanding, empathy, and compassion for the one who hurt you. Okay, you might be saying, not in my case, nobody should have ever been treat treated the way I was treated. 
okay, possibly right. Nobody should. Maybe you did absolutely nothing to encourage that. Doesn't matter. It's something that happened to you to teach you how to forgive. But listen to this other portion, though. Um, Leading to feelings of understanding, empathy, and compassion. Okay, here's what I always say. Nobody wants to be rotten. (laughs) Nobody wants to be a bad person. Nobody wants to be born with a high-conflict personality, You know, people talk about narcissism. It used to be bipolar 11 years ago when I got in this business. Now the um, the high conflict personality du jour is narcissism. So half of the people who call me tell me they're married to a narcissist and maybe they are. Well, you can't change them, but you can deal with them differently. You really can. And the only way to understand how to communicate with them in a way that kind of levels the playing field and gives you some control is to forgive them. You can't blame them. They didn't ask to be born this way. When you're a narcissist, it's really difficult to get perspective on yourself so that you can work towards change. It's really hard. And anybody who wants to work with a narcissist to help them to change has to be very careful they don't offend them, has to be very careful that you don't make them feel out of control. That's one of the issues with narcissism. People have to feel like they're in control. Well, you know, at the at the end of the day, the only thing each one of us are in control of is how we react to things. We're certainly not in control of life. <laughs> As you can well see, we're not in control of life. But we are in control of how we react to things, how we embrace uh, those challenges in our lives, and how we use those challenges to uh, benefit us, turn us around, have us be better people. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting or excusing the harm done to you. It also doesn't necessarily mean making up with the person who caused the harm. Forgiveness brings a kind of peace that allows you to focus on yourself and helps you go on with life. See, telling you have to clear the mind. Being hurt by someone, particularly someone you love and trust, can cause anger. One of the seven stages of grief, divorce grief, sadness, and confusion. If you dwell on hurtful events or situations, grudges filled with resentment and hostility can take root. I'm doing a talk uh, where I say forgiveness is as simple as not holding a grudge. It's intentional. You have to decide not to do it. But... um Now I feel smart (laughs) because now we're talking about the Mayo Clinic, but it's true. I mean, I live this life. I work in this area with divorcing people. And uh, yeah, you cannot hold a grudge. Cannot hold a grudge. If you struggle with finding forgiveness, you might bring anger and bitterness into new relationships and experiences. Think about that. Think about the person who's not over their divorce yet and is starting to date and all they can talk about is their divorce. I mean, it's a comic scene on television, in movies, not so comic in your own life. Become so wrapped up in, you can become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't find and enjoy the present. It's true. You become depressed, irritable, or anxious. Another grief stage, divorce grief. 
you feel at odds with your spiritual beliefs. How could this have happened to me? I'm such a good person. This shouldn't be happening to me. And then you get angry at God, right? Or whoever your your maker is. You lose valuable and enriching connections with others, right? Because you can't focus on your other relationships. All you want to talk about sometimes is the anger. Forgiveness is a commitment to change. Mayo Clinic is saying this now. Forgiveness is a commitment to change and it takes practice. So please don't hold yourself to a higher standard than you need to. This is tough stuff. This is really, really hard. So it takes practice to forgive. It takes practice to say, I no longer want to hate this person. I no longer want to have ill will. It's okay. He or she is only human. Maya Angelou, sometimes our best isn't very good. We do our best at all times paraphrasing, but sometimes our best isn't very good. And that's with us too. It's with us too. It's going to come up later in one of these readings that we want to be forgiven, don't we? Think about that. Back to the Mayo Clinic. Forgiveness can be hard, especially if the person who hurt you doesn't admit wrongdoing. If you find yourself stuck, practice empathy. Okay, hold on here. No, forgiveness isn't based on somebody admitting they're wrong. It would be great if they did. Oh my God, it's so much easier, right? If somebody says, look, I was completely wrong. You did nothing. I was completely wrong. I was weak. I was this. I was that. Well, sometimes it's hard to forgive even with that, depending on who you are and where you're stuck on your emotional journey in life. But you can't give forgiveness based on somebody saying they're wrong. You just can't. It doesn't work like that. You have to give forgiveness to release yourself from the confines that this anger is holding on you. This anger is keeping you in jail, emotional jail. Okay, so practice empathy. Try seeing the situation from the other person's point of view. All right, so let me just say something. I'm sorry, I'm itchy. Sorry about that. Um, try seeing this from the other person's point of view. There's always another point of view. There just is. All right, so I'm just going to give you one. What if you've been hold, withholding empathy, intimacy? You know, we just had kids. I can't. There's too much going on. How can you possibly think I have energy at the end of the day? Well, let me tell you that that will ruin your marriage. It just will. You have to find a way around it. And if your partner had intimacy with other people because you weren't forthcoming, and even if you talked about it, whether you talked about it or not, they looked elsewhere doesn't mean the marriage is over. It means that there was an issue that needed to be dealt with and it wasn't. Yes, I know it's crushing. We should have talked about it. We should have gone to therapy. Did you allow that to happen? Would you have gone to therapy? Would you have realized that you have to change because this person wants intimacy, your spouse, and you, do you dang well better figure out how to have intimacy, then what's the point of being married? What's the point? It's part of marriage. Ask yourself 
about the consequences that may have led the other person to behave in such a way. Perhaps you would have reacted similarly if you faced the same situation. Think about it. Reflect on times when others have forgiven you. Yes, I just said that. And that is true. You know, I have to remember that too. When I start going back into uh, playing that tape about a conversation I may have had with somebody that was not a good conversation uh, or that I got angry, um, I have to stop that tape. I have to stop and just say, look, this person is human. What are you supposed to learn out of this issue that you're having? Uh, back to the Mayo. Getting another person to change isn't the point of forgiveness. Here we go. It's about focusing on what you can control in the here and now. I must read this again. Getting another person to change isn't the point of forgiveness. It's about focusing on what you can control in the here and now. Think of forgiveness more about how it can change your life by bringing you peace, happiness, and emotional and spiritual healing. Forgiveness can take away the power the other person continues to have in your life. So now you've heard Harvard and the Mayo Clinic say the same things. There are health benefits attributed to forgiveness, both mental and physical, and I'd like to explore those. So I never really thought about that. I never thought about the physical health benefits of forgiveness. So I was doing research before I put this episode together, and I said, well, let's just go to bigger minds than mine and see where this sits. Oh, my God. Then I realize that I have this list now for you of mental and physical health benefits. See if you fall into these categories. So here are the mental health benefits. Well, you're no longer angry. So you got through that grief stage. You're no longer depressed. You got through that other grief stage. You feel joy again. Oh my God. You feel like the weight of the world is lifted from your shoulders, so now you can feel joy. Hope enters your heart that you can enjoy life again. And that's so wonderful because there's way too many things that bring us down, right? Your mind is free to be positive, and don't we love that? And you feel like loving again. Yes. Because honestly, you can't love again until you've forgiven somebody who you used to love and who hurt you. You cannot love again in the way you should if you still have that as part of your internal rumblings. Okay, now here are the physical health benefits. And this is from hopkinsmedicine.org and I guess it's from the Johns Hopkins website it lowers physical health benefits it lowers the risk of heart attack I never knew that it lowers blood pressure makes sense never knew that either it improves cholesterol levels okay this is quite impressive allows for better sleep that makes sense Lowers blood pressure. Oh, okay. We already said lowers blood pressure and better immune response. Okay. I am blown away by this, that harboring ill will, not forgiving, holding that toss, emotional toxic, toxicity inside will lead to physical health impairments. 
So yeah, that makes perfect sense. If you are emotionally distraught, you're physically wrecked. I want to tell you a little short story about a friend of mine who I was talking to just last week, and I adore her. She's been married forever, has children. I mean, I love her life. I absolutely love her life. But she shared something with me that blew me away. Here's what she shared. She's been sharing with me ongoing health issues that she has to the point where she's going in and out of the emergency room. And I'm like, God, I want to help her. How can I help her? What can I do? And I'm a big believer in herbal medicine, along with Eastern pharmaceuticals. I do believe you have to do both at times. But herbal, because it's so gentle yet powerful, that's all we used to have is herbal medicine before pharmaceuticals were invented. So we're sitting and talking and I'm exploring, you know, her physical issues. And all of a sudden, what comes out? are some emotional things that she's never spoken of before with me. Things that are causing dishonesty in the marriage, things that are causing, well, dishonesty is the biggest issue. Keeping stuff from the husband is like horrible because this man adores her, adores her. So let's just suffice it to say, She's not living an honest life in a couple areas where she is distraught. She's thinking she's doing the right thing. It has nothing to do with infidelity, by the way. Nothing at all. Um, it, it has to do with other family relationships that she's not being honest about, taking care of them, and it's dist- it's distressful to her. And it's causing her physical ailments to the point where she's going to the emergency room. And I started thinking about that. I said, oh, my God. Going back to Brene Brown, if we're not vulnerable, if we're not honest about how we feel and what we think, then we're not going to function well in life. I love Brene Brown for this. And I keep thinking about that more and more. I get people coming here, and I think I'm going to talk about this in a few minutes in another section. Forgive me for saying it prematurely, but, you know, people marry the wrong people and they know they're marrying the wrong people. It's just that these wrong people check the right boxes I should do another episode on when the wrong people check the right boxes and your whole life is messed up then. That leads to divorce, but people aren't honest. Finally, I have to tell you, there are so many different women, women who come into this office. We do mediation and I'm not understanding why it feels off, why I'm not finding the center of where their compromises should be. Why are is the mediation conversation kind of getting derailed. And invariably, the husband leaves the office first and the, the, the wife keeps talking and gathering up her stuff and eventually says, I knew I shouldn't have gotten married. Before the marriage took place, I knew he wasn't the right person. Well, you can't get that back. That's right. I knew he wasn't the right person. Okay, so so nothing's right from there. But if they would just own up to that, well, I don't know how the mediation would go. Nobody's ever said that in a mediation. In 11 years, nobody's ever said, I made the wrong decision marrying you because more than likely the husband would say, well, then I don't want to give you anything. 
Well, that would never work, by the way. The law would be the law. The law doesn't care why you got married. The law just cares about being executing the law properly when you go to get divorced. But it makes a difference emotionally. It makes a difference with your health, your mental and physical health. This is amazing. Okay, two more articles I want to read from. And this is from a woman named Caitlin Sullivan from Everyday Health. Three big ways forgiveness is good for your health. This is how people kind of fall similarly. Forget Forgiveness helps you manage stress. Okay, so this hasn't been talked about yet. Forgiveness helps you manage stress. Not being able to forgive fosters feelings of anger, hostility, and stress, which are well documented to impact mental and physical health, research has shown. The researchers found that regardless of age, people who were able to forgive experienced a decrease in their perception of their own stress. And this decrease led to a decrease in mental health symptoms. Conversely, stress, and particularly the stress hormone cortisol, has several negative effects on systems throughout the body. It's because of this, because of this stress cortisol link that not being able to forgive and let go of certain stresses can potentially affect memory. Never thought about that. Although we all know that when we're completely stressed out, we don't remember anything. We're a sieve because we're stressed out. We can't focus. It changes our ability to focus. The article continues. Cortisol wreaks havoc elsewhere in the body too. It affects the immune system. Never knew that. At a cellular level, which means it can do widespread damage to all the parts of the body the immune system touches in unpredictable ways. It can disrupt everything from the sexual and reproductive system to the gastrointestinal system to your ability to fight off illness and fatigue. So when our body isn't operating optimally, this is what I'm getting from the article, our immune system and its ability to prevent us from getting sick decreases and we get sick. Now, I only thought about this, you know, physically sick in the immune system, but mentally sick too. All right, number two, forgiveness activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is good news for your heart. According to Worthington, another author with uh, Caitlin, um, forgiveness affects the parasympathetic nervous system too, which slows breathing and heart heart rate and increases digestion. It just makes your body function optimally. Uh, Your body can regulate things like blood pressure and heart rate and function the way it should both in stressful situations and non-stressful moments. But when a person is under chronic stress, and you can be under chronic stress getting divorced, which can occur when someone is holding on to anger, one of the grieving stages, the body may stay in the fight or flight response for too long. Okay, so when we're fearful and stressed out, anxiety-ridden, 
the amygdala. This is what I know. The amygdala, which is, there's an amygdala on each side, on each hemisphere of the brain. The amygdala is in charge of the fight or flight syndrome. And uh, when we are fearful, when we are anxiety ridden, which is exactly what happens when we're getting divorced, even if we sit down with our spouses and it seems to be amicable, we're always worried that it could change, right? If, if our spouses get in a new relationship and the divorce isn't over, that new person could influence change. So we're completely worried about everything. So this all makes sense that forgiveness is so much a part of our health. And number three, forgiveness helps you ruminate less, which can help lower risk of psychological disorders. We all ruminate. By the way that we ruminate is kind of individual, but the way. Some people do it angrily. Some people ruminate hopelessly or feel depressed. Others do it anxiously. And if rumination becomes habitual, it can lead to psychological disorders. Depending on your brand of rumination, whether you do it in a way that breeds hopelessness, depression, anxiety, or other feelings, these invasive repetitive thoughts can eventually cause anger disorders and obsessive compulsive disorders. Man, you know, anger and not forgiving can really mess us up. And anxiety can cause physical ailments like stomach pain or migraines. Okay, I don't think that's very difficult to envision. And then, oh my God, the last thing I want to read from before I get to my bottom line on this. Um, do you know there's such a thing as World Forgiveness Day? There is. World Forgiveness Day, uh, which I think is June 26th because it says today is World Forgiveness Day. All right, what did I highlight for you? So to forgive whether yourself or others, because you have to forgive yourself too, or to be forgiven brings relief beyond just the emotional or even spiritual. If you are, if you are at, if you are a person of faith, sorry, this forgiveness day is one of many observed throughout the year. The original one was established as International Forgiveness Day in response to a call to set aside old differences made by Desmond Tutu. Oh, South African leader. Desmond Tutu was great. Ah, the benefits of forgiveness. Here is where I wanted to go. I'm just going to read the bullet points. Lowers blood pressure, stress reduction, less hostility, better anger management skills. Love that because we're not in fight or flight. Lowers heart rate, lowers risk of alcohol or substance abuse. So when we're really angry and we're harboring that toxicity feeling, sometimes the only way we can get rid of it is by self-medicating. And now we've got an addiction on the way. Not a good thing. Uh, number seven, fewer depression symptoms, fewer anxiety symptoms, reduction in chronic pain, more friendships because we're open, we're hopeful, we're happy again. Healthier relationships. Remember, you can't engage in another loving relationship while you're still angry at that previous one. Improved psychological well-being and enhanced immune system. So everybody's agreeing on all of this stuff. 
All right. Let me give you my bottom line. Forgiveness isn't a competition. So this is what people think. When people are getting divorced, everything's a competition. Forgiveness is not a competition. It doesn't matter who forgives each other first. It matters that you forgive as soon as you're able so that you can release the toxicity of anger and become a healthy, happy person again. If you're co-parenting after a divorce, I think forgiveness has to be the top priority in your list of priorities. How are you going to co-parent with somebody you're still angry at? It'll come out. You'll use the children as messengers. You'll ruminate in front of the children. You may go into parental alienation to punish the other parent. It's not a good scene. If you are a co-parent, forgiveness is top of your list while the divorce is going on, hopefully before the divorce is filed for. It's best to grieve before filing. But if you haven't and you're in the middle of filing, I would stop and put pause on it for a minute. You need to clear that toxicity up. You need to get yourself on a forgiveness path so that you can enjoy parenting your child and so that your child doesn't become messed up. You know, now your child is going to engage in relationships that aren't healthy because they're not seeing a healthy breakup. So your your children learn in two ways. They learn about a healthy marriage if they have parents who have a healthy marriage, if the marriage has to end, and sometimes it just does, they need to see what a healthy breakup looks like. This is paramount. So you have to put all that stuff aside and start forgiving ASAP. But here's the hardest part of forgiveness, honesty. Now, this goes back into, did you marry the wrong person? Maybe you were wrong too. Have you ever thought about that? Yes, maybe you were wrong lack of intimacy, infidelity. Consider that you may have known you weren't making the right decision to marry your now soon-to-be former spouse. That's happened a lot. I watch people in mediation negotiating out of anger and then eventually tell me in confidence that they knew this wasn't the absolute right person for them and married them anyway. It's true. And now they want to blame their spouse for being who they were in the first place. A tiger doesn't change their stripes. Now, listen, I'm not blaming. Please don't get me wrong. I wrote an article on being a victim and put it on LinkedIn, and some really wonderful person who was reading it said, it sounds like you're blaming the victim. No, 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 I'm not blaming. I'm saying it's a choice to continue on being a victim. And there's many different reasons why we are victims. You know, we learn from our parents. Maybe we had a parent who was a victim and we identified with that. It's in our muscle memory. No, 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 there's no blame. Just like there's no blame that you haven't forgiven yet. Uh Uh-uh, this is tough stuff. All this emotional stuff, we have to learn as we go. I learn as I go. You know, I value being in this business because as my clients go through things, I kind of self-reflect on me. And I say, well, wait wait a minute. I think I may be behaving like this in another relationship I have. So no, no, no. I hold myself to the same standard I hold everybody. And that is we have to be as honest as possible about the intentions with which we engaged in something. And we have to be vulnerable and as honest as possible in every relationship we have and in resolving every relationship we have. 
Or perhaps you intentionally or unintentionally behaved in such a manner that opened the door to some behavior that hurt you. Unintentional. Maybe a lack of intimacy in your marriage led to an affair. I agree that this should be a discussion and not your spouse acting out on his or her own. But maybe there were talks to no avail. And here's my close. Whatever the issues or behavior, forgiveness is a practiced art that is a remedy in your control whenever you choose to use it. Forgiveness puts you in control of the situation and takes you out of a self-inflicted victim role. So that's the podcast episode for today. I really hope this has helped many of you because it's just so easy to go on hating, going to to continue being angry. And I, I just want you to be the best version of yourselves you can possibly be and use divorce as a new beginning. Get that grieving under your belt so that you can have hope and joy in your life. Thank you very much for listening. Please share this with anybody that you know who will benefit from it. If you're not already a subscriber and you just came across me, please subscribe. But as always, have an amicable day. That's our show for today. Thank you for joining us. Be good to yourselves, be kind to your spouse, and cherish your children above all else. 